Hello and welcome to the very first episode in series three of To The Studio. I hope you've all been keeping all right. We've had a bit of time out as a podcast uh, to think about how we might best want to continue. Um, and as I mentioned in the last episode of series two, um, I was trying to source some funding for us um, to allow the podcast to run a little more smoothly than it has done before. So I'm really happy to say that I've worked out a way of fundraising that I hope you might want to be a part of. We're really, really excited about it, and I'm really close to tying up the loose ends of it. Um, so I'll let you all know how to get involved with it as soon as we're ready. Uh, but most importantly, uh, on to this week's chat and introducing our guests. So I caught up with Bernadette Kerrigan and Richard Hughes uh, the evening before their show Lie-By opened at Powerfree Gallery in London, which runs until the 29th of August 2020. Richard Hughes and Bernadette Kerrigan live and work in Herefordshire. Richard is represented by the Modern Institute in Glasgow, Anton Kern Gallery, New York. Recent solo exhibitions for him include Field Trip at the Modern Institute, Scene in Between at Nils Jark, Richard Hughes, self-titled show, at Anton Kern Gallery, and Time Is Over, Time Has Come at First Sight in Colchester. Bernadette Kerrigan graduated in painting from the Royal College of Art in 2017. Recent shows for her have included the Beep Painting Prize in Swansea, Paper Cuts with Chris Day in London, and Pharmacy for Idiots at Rob Tufnell and Tanya Layton Gallery in Cologne. Their most recent show together was a recent activity in Birmingham titled Colours That No One Knows The Name back in 2018. So it was a first for the podcast to have a chance to speak with two artists at the same time. And I really enjoyed the special chance I got to have a kind of a sneak peek of their show the day before it opened. The show provided a really great backdrop, I think, to our conversation um, as we chatted through how they both met, how their Catholic upbringing influenced their practices, the importance of downtime, and how the bed became a site of ideas for their current show at Palfrey, amongst many other things. So, I hope you enjoy our first episode back. Here it is. Hello guys, um, thanks for allowing me in today for a chat. Um, it's been a long time since I saw you last. Um, before we kick off, um, I think some housekeeping and scene setting is called for. Um, so maybe you could in- introduce yourselves, um, so our listeners can decide for whose voice is whose. Hi, uh, my name's Richard Hughes. Um, that's all I need to say. Yeah. I'm Bernie. Hi. <laughs> hey. Um, so thanks very much for allowing me in. Um, I've been looking forward to it a lot. How are you both doing, first of all? Good. Um, how have you been for the last, well, few, few months? And how Surprisingly good really it's sort of um i think it gave us uh, a sort of a realization that to move out of london which is 10 years now it finally sort of really sort of paid off because we 10 a, years later yeah it's good you know because we've got lots of space mm-hmm. loads of time with the kids building and stuff doing stuff well, it was just a pause wasn't it it's was time to as you just said it's just a time when everybody across the world was 
had stopped. And normally, because we've got three boys and a family and all the stuff that comes along with that, you know, um, it, you've got to do this, you've got to do that, you've got to do this. Oh, and then you've got to go to the studio, and then you've got to fit that in. Mm. And so that just meant mm. that we could take stock. Yeah. Because we, you know, we spent about three weeks just sorting the studio out because there's. Um, it's a, it's a decent sized space, that's one of the other benefits, you know, it's a cheap studio rent where we are. We've got this big space, but we had a sort of end-to-end -end sort out, so all the junk that you hold on to just because you've got the room, that all went. All the work that I look at and think, oh yeah, I'll come back to that, it's, you know, it's sat around long enough to be put away or to be progressed with. Mm. Um, you know, clear it all out, repaint the floors, and it was a bit like a fresh start, but halfway through things, because like, mm. you had a load of painting that was already We've been there for 10 years, so it just, you know, things gather, don't they? Like, we've worked out that we had, like, boxes full of blankets that were just there because they might be useful at some point. Mm. But they went, it was a real cleansing time, actually. It's been quite good for that. Mm. And trying to sort of cut through what is it that, you know, what do you want to look at when you come in the studio? What do you want to be on the walls? Because you're, you're quite a hoarder, aren't you? There's lots of things mm. around all the time. Yeah, so you'll pick stuff up thinking it's potential for using in work. And, you know, as you sort of you develop your language, your visual language over time, you know the kind of ingredients you're looking for. And sometimes there'll be it'll be a case with me of finding a specific thing to use for making the work. But then there's other things you know possibly going to be used. You know, so mm. I hold things, and you got to introduce them stupidly, like along with the motorbikes that I don't ride. Two motorbikes. So one's for a piece of work, one's for a, a private things like that. Um, yeah, it was, it was a very good real. And I, I did some drawing at the start. I thought. I always talk about, it'd be great to go back to drawing, and you're always saying, yeah, you should draw more. Um, and I never find this, it's not a sort of, um, it's not part of the process I use for making work. So as a standalone sort of activity, it gave me a couple of weeks where I just sort of dedicated to force myself to draw. And there's some right, right disasters, but there's, you know, a handful of them were all right. Mm. So it allowed me to sort of explore some new possibilities. Um, but they're not drawings for the sculptures, are they? No, they're sort of drawings on there, things that just work as, well, things that are intended just to work as drawings. Mm. And by going through that process as well, it was a, that pause was a chance to really look at what I've been doing really, like thinking, mm. are the things that you've started to explore in the work that have then just been overlooked because you've gone to the next thing? Other things that need to be, you know, reinvestigated. Other things that need to be put a stop on altogether. Um, just that pause without any pressure of anything at all was a proper luxury. Mm. You know, but also, you feel guilty about being a luxury because you, you're not meant to say it's a luxury because you know of all the you know the reason why we pause. Yeah. And so, so um, if if I felt slightly guilty about the fact that I was enjoying the space and time and. Mm -hmm. You know, and kind of reading things on the news, and it was so because we live rural and we're really away from everybody. Mm. Um, we're quite used to being on our own, mm. and we're, we've had that studio for ten years, so mm. no one comes into the studio apart from us two, unless someone invites themselves in. Pretty much goes to the studio on our own, so I was very used to that. Yeah. Um, but I felt quite guilty about the fact that we were, that I was enjoying it. Mm. You know, and you didn't really want to say that you were enjoying it. Um, but I think it was, it, you know, I was. It didn't bother me about being on my own at all. That was. That's normal. Yeah, I think that's something that's shared by a lot of artists. We kind of we crave that time, mm. and as a horrible backdrop as, as it was, I guess your situation is your situation, and you've got to you know make the most of that mm. in whatever way you can. And I know, yeah, as, as artists, we kind of crave that that moment to yeah just to reflect mm. and. 
But, but it can also be you can be given too much time. That's the other. That's the bad. That's the, that's the sort of double-edged thing, isn't it? So there's you, no urgency. Yeah. So you want that time. You want that time, and then you can sit in the studio and look at a painting all <laughs> yeah. morning with a cup of tea, and suddenly it's two o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Think, what are you doing? This is crazy. So yeah, you do need, and the, the work needs the urgency as well. You need to sort of hit the ground running. So I did. Uh, so that kind of lack of routine, I also wanted to get back to. But now we're in no man's land, and I'm not enjoying this at all. Mm. So I guess it's important to reference now that we're actually here at Palfrey uh, Gallery in London, um, where you've just hanging your show as we speak, mm-hmm. um, the show Lie By, which opens tomorrow. Um, did, did the show, um, well, actually no, actually before we get into the show, um, I think it's important to acknowledge your backgrounds together and know your personal relationship, which spanned 27 years, if I'm, if I'm not wrong. Yes. Um, yeah. So I think to kick things off, it's, it'd be nice to know how you both met. And was it through the arts and how, yeah, how did that come about? Uh, on our degree, so Staffordshire University, we're both on the fine art course. Um, so met there, got together after about a year knowing each other, and it's sort of been solid. So that was 92 and we got together in 93. Rich chased me for a year. Literally. <laughs> and then... And then <laughs> <Six> <laughs> And then we ended up going to see a double bill of grease and Saturday Night Fever. Um, and you got a bit ill, didn't you? Uh, um, and that was it, that was 1993, and we've been together since, really. So, yeah. So that went through, um, so that was Stoke on Trent. Both moved home to the, both from the Midlands, did that for a year or so. Then I got um, a residency in Wigan, Greater Manchester. So we moved to Manchester. Um, you start. You were working there, and you did a museum and art gallery studies course. And as a result of that, after this residency came to me after two years, but I got a job in London. So my brother was already living here, and his wife were both eyes. So we had a, we sort of um, had a place to doss while we found something. So that's how so we moved to London. I think like late uh, 99, 98, 98 or 99. 98, lived here for about 15, 14 years. Twelve years. And then, so my brother and his wife, they were already settled in uh, Dolster, because it was the cheapest place to live at the time. Mm. And that's how we ended up in East London. It was kind of convenient. We had, um, so we had 10 years of that. Um, you were working in galleries, weren't you? I was. Uh, I was doing, making work at studio space, doing whatever jobs. You know, FedEx, gallery work, invigilating, then install work. So I got to work at, you know, um, like all techs do, you know, you work, you do the circuit, don't you? Yeah. So I was lucky I got a lot of work, tape modelling, that was being filled. Mm-hmm. So that was my, and so after that, I always had work. And then I got on the MA at Goldsmiths in, in 2001, did the two year. Um, and there's, there, we, neither of us were ever forward planners, particularly where we were. It's the same, you know, that way. <laughs> but you know, it was never like, there was never we a big picture, plan. there was never a yeah. great plan. Yeah. And just, Sometimes by opportunity, obviously to, to get to where you got to work, that was never an issue. Like we were always both grafters, mm. but um, in terms of like making things intentionally happen, making connections, we never did. We kind of stumbled through ten years. Mm. But and I think we just by accident happened to be in London at a good time. Like I would say that because we lived through it, but mm. there was it felt really furtive and there was a really boy. Yeah, it was, and it was the, you know, it was the east end was getting east part of London, not the East End, but it was, you know, it was, it was really invigorated, there was, you know, spaces opening all the time and closing just as quickly, but 
Um, but I don't think you realised how lucky we were, really. No, it was really exciting. We got, you, know, you got to see brilliant shows. It was a really great time to be into. And I suppose because it was a scene we were sort of into as um, spectators as well as like, making art, it was um, everything you sort of, your social life, your sort of your leisure time, your time working, it was all mixed together. And it was like a, a sort of productive time. You got to mm. see lots of stuff, you were absorbing it all the time, but without... It like felt say, known, didn't it? And you never felt like with an agenda. It was never like you're going to these shows for any reason. It was just you like don't look at show and you think, oh, what's that sort of, you know? A drink and a chat and... Uh, yeah, so we stayed together through that. And then, like, it's 10 years now since we moved out with the intention of, like, um, you know, more space to work for the kids. And three kids later. Yeah. yeah. It would have been a hassle, so... Um, <laughs> Yeah, so that, that's where we, are, where we are now, so... There we are, that's 20, 27 years in a bitch There's lots of other events along the way, <laughs> but that's the general picture. <laughs> sort of how we've sort of got to where we are now. And then you did your MA at, what year was that? To 2015. So it's recent, so all we were, you know, up there. Bernie was commuting and staying down here for two years. Um, yeah, but, you know, there's always, it's always a juggling act, especially the family, but... Um, being partners and working, there's um, you take for granted the level of understanding, like you know that um, what you're willing to put up with. And well, I think there's a level of truth, isn't there? Like I was saying before, we were saying you know that we share lots of things. We share you know the kind of same um, opinions on a lot of things, or you know, or sort of the same idea of life, or any of those sort of share kids, you know, share mm. share incomes, all those sort of things. The one place where we kind of we don't seem to cross over that much in terms of you know what we think about our work is the studio, but we're really truthful with each other. So mm. there's no way that if I said to Rich, which you can't paint, there's no way you'd say to him, Oh, it's alright. Like I'd never get that he'd be like, uh, what do you want to say? I don't know, uh, yeah, it's alright, I don't know, I don't like it. You know, it'd be that, so that. You, don't, you know, you don't need to edit yourself for a bit of which you Yeah, and that's yeah. what I'm trying to say. But, and although the work's very um, different, there's obviously because we're together a lot. Um, when it came to you, when this show was offered to us, um, there wasn't a sort of any sort of issue of oh God, how it worked together. We kind of, I don't know if that was, there wasn't even a, we knew we'd find a way to make a show together. Well, because the work in the studio, because what well, I should say is the studio we work in, it's a big old um, chicken space. industrial unit. Mm -hmm. um, and so we have just one side each, like it, that's just the way it's happened. So these big long sort of, Couple of hundred foot long sheds divided up. They've all been reclad, you know, they're not just cranky, they've all been, you know, concrete floors and the guys redone them, so they're nice, clean. But we've kind of settled into this one side, you have that side, I'll have this side, and so the work's existed together for quite a long time. Right. So, but, but, so now it's quite nice to see it, you know, having to interact with each other, because it does, but it just sits in the space together because we make it and that's where it is. But now it's quite interesting to see what happens when they're close to each other. And sort of trying to curate. Um, a show of both of your work. Um, that process was kind of a. We didn't really labour over it, did we? Because there was various series of paintings you were working on. I've got a number of pieces on the go at any time. Like the good thing about having a bit of space is you can leave stuff, you can start it. And so as we started trying to work out what we would put together, there was um, it wasn't a case of sort of uh, making work that did work together or picking, trying to find some really sort of. Um, you know, tenuous connection between mm -hmm. the work, there was, we were able to sort of identify something, because 
So, it was a bit of simple as that. It was. It did. There was this stuff that was going on. It was, and it seemed to be appropriate with the. It seemed to have a, uh, as a subject matter. It's not really a subject matter. As a thing, it seemed to be right for now. You know, lots of time of lying around, like we do lie around quite a lot. And that idea of a bed or being recumbent or lying as a uh, a situation or a space for thought, dreaming. Sleeping, dying, shaggy, and whatever. Mm. Um, it seemed to be a sort of a catalyst for the, the various activities and associations of that thing. Mm. It worked as a loose framework for us to sort of um, to work to go with, you know. So that was the kind of editing process, wasn't it, really? Yeah. That's um, simplifying it an awful lot, but then the works and their they work on their own terms as well. So. We'll, you know, when, the show, when we do finish this hand, which is nearly there, we'll know how successful it is as a thing, but whether we need to. But it's just a way for us to find a way of selecting works, wasn't it, really? It sort of seemed to be... Um, Stop talking now. All right, well. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think before I think before we get into the work that's here, um, you, you talked about, obviously, how you how you work together and how that's been... You, you've worked in close proximity for such a long time. I'd be interested to know how you describe each other's practices. Should I go first? <laughs> well, I, I was Richard's assistant for 15 years, so I'm quite, I've been quite intimate with Richard's work for a long time. And I can be quite harsh about the fact that, it, that some of the processes, I quite like this sort of... We were just hanging this today and I said, oh, I like the back of that, oh, I like this bit, oh, this bit's good. And Richard's very clear about that isn't the work. You know, he's very kind of, you know, so, so I, I, um, I'm quite critical of Richard's work as well. So some of the biggest shows that he's done, sometimes I'll walk in and I think, oh, I don't like that, you know, or talk, and he knows straight away if I get that, mm. you know, I just think. So I think that um, it's quite hard to have a distance in terms of why Rich makes work, because he's very clear about why he makes work. And sometimes I'll sort of say something to you, and it's not that. It isn't that. Isn't why that. Isn't. So he's very clear about that, and I like that. I like that kind of assured way of making work. I couldn't do it, you know. I sort of admire it, but it's not for me at all. You know, he has a he he, and you do allow things in, but actually you have a very clear intention, and then you you kind of carry that out. Mm and then you look at the work, whereas I, and I, I'm sort of slightly jealous of it, in a way, that he can do that, like he'll, he'll come to the studio and say, I've got, he's got a list, he has many lists, I've got to kind of do this, 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 and then I'll go on to do whereas my work doesn't do that, and I'm quite jealous of that in a way, I wish I could just say, right, I'm going to do that, that and that. But I think that works exactly the same way for me, that Burns work is more, um, it's, it's not process led or process driven, but the process is such a major part of what she does, it's like, um, the subject matter is never an afterthought, but it's the importance isn't put on the subject matter. That's the impression I get from, you know, you seem to, um, when you know what you're working with, that's when the work begins, really. And there's a, a lot of sort of um, rejection, not personal rejection, rejection of work and sort of um, re-editing as the work goes on and allowing things to happen that I can't do. And I've tried to sometimes adapt that approach because you know, where you're saying there's an envy of sort of knowing what I want to do and knowing mm. what I want to do it. The way that you, the element of surprise that I imagine you can sort of... Uh, well, I wouldn't be able to paint if I didn't do it that way because I... If I said, like, I want this painting to have yellow here and brown there, so, 
you know. Uh, it wouldn't work because I'd do it and then I'd, I wouldn't want that. I would have to let the painting happen and then I'd work out what to do next. I think there's, there's one shared thing in the work. Um, I'm sure we'll find other differences. Um, is this uh, the, the amount, sometimes the, uh, the labour in the work isn't always that evident. I suppose in mine, it's the case that they can sometimes look like ready made or found objects mm. and sort of achieving that quality. You know, the, the process of casting and what mm. have you, and painting and stuff. That um, labour sort of disappears into the work. And in the same way with Bernie's painting, um, there might be five paintings worked on that get rejected before one works, or it might be a painting that's been worked on for weeks, nothing comes of it, and then something that you will work on very immediately. But that wouldn't happen without the huge mm. amount of rejection. So I think that the um, the labour isn't always evident. But the way that we work, I think, never spills over to the person. So although we can say that about each other's work, I can say that Rich, I quite like that he has this mm. thing that he makes. That then, if we if I if we try to work that way, yeah, because I've tried, I've, like, it doesn't work. I occasionally get something where um, the, a process I've used in the making might suggest another piece. But when I've tried to actually just make something from scratch and see how a work develops from nothing, it doesn't work for me at all. I've tried it and it looks, um, it looks really sort of jet mannered or something. It looks like I've tried to make it look that way. I, you know, I suppose working a certain way for that look for as long as I have now. I've sort of been making work with a, with similar processes in that for the best part of 20 years, so I don't think that's going to change. But when we turn up at the studio, say we, you know, if we're both, and we rarely are both in there together, but if we're both in there together, you can be chatting in the car, chat, chat, you get in the studio and you go separate, completely different ways, mm. you know, and you put the radio on and you don't really take any notice of the other person that's in there. I probably will talk much more than Rich will. And I know when to shut up, when to sort of, he's not listening to me mm. anymore. So you do, we have very separate ways of working and then the sort of the working day's over if, if we are in together. And then that's it, isn't it? That's... Yeah, so often like, um, with regards to looking at each other's work or commenting on it, we never sit down and sort of let's talk about the work. It's sort of, it'll often be if I'm in I will night, make Rich do it, but he's not, he's it's a It's normally, that's when I'll have a chance to look at Bernie's work. It's like if I'm in there on my own, if I stop mm. for a tea break or whatever, and then you're looking at it. And I'll, Text her and say, Oh, that thing's working great. I love that part of the painting. Mm. So, and I'll text a swear word back and say, I asked you about that earlier. <laughs> you didn't say much when I asked you something, but you know, it's um, I think we've got um, yeah, I, I couldn't share a studio with anyone else, no way. I'd rather be on my own, or you mm. know, we've got well, it's like the other person isn't there as much as you want them not to, you know, you can ignore them and you can really, you know, that you if you, I don't if you don't want to talk to me, it's very clear that you don't. Mm. And then we just get on with our day, but we don't. We're not often in there together. Mm. I'll do a morning, which I'll do a night. Mm. Does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Interesting. Are you saying that because before um, before I came in here, the, the similarities that I saw in your works and how you might think about creating is is the process or the change from one thing to another. Mm. Um, and in whatever various ways that that happens, that seemed to be something that really, well, that is there's definite connection between mm. what you make. And forgive me if I'm wrong, Rich, but I've read that um, you had quite a Catholic upbringing in my mind, right? And specifically in reference to kind of being surrounded by things that seemingly tell tales or mm. stories or kind of parables. Mm. Um, and your materials being one thing but becoming another through like various creative processes. Yeah, transubstantiation kind of quality. Yeah, um, and I guess you've already talked about 
that a bit, and maybe I could I could think that with what I wanted to ask you about as well. Um, kind of would I guess you, you share that interesting process of one thing becoming another, and um, yeah, do you? I guess I'm thinking with the painting I'm thinking of yours is kind of the elevation or transformation of status perhaps in the cat that you that you painted. Um, so you're you know the yeah, from a small kind of 30 by 25 to a, a 10 foot cap and, and the difference in what happens between the work from, yeah, from, from one thing to mm. another. Um, I don't really know what the question is that I'm, I'm getting yeah, at, but I, maybe I, you could talk I about do, that in reference yeah, to I what... Yeah, I think that's a good um, observation because it's not something that I... You know, it's, sort of, it's, it's very difficult to sort of put your work, what's your work about into a very brief thing. It's usually a conversation that reveals the bits, isn't it? Mm. But um, we are both Catholic and that was one of the things when we first met. Was like, oh, you a Catholic too? It's like this Catholic bonding. It's like we're not. We won't. We won't pray. No, <laughs> she didn't actually do the sneaky rosary and the in the toilets. We know it's in the practicing Catholics, Rich. We have a Catholic upbringing, and we both. So you know, we both have a similar. You know, if you think about, so both parents sort of stayed together through being Catholics. Mm-hmm. You know, and kind of. Richard's father was Scottish, my parents were Irish, so we had a very similar understanding of like, when we talk about childhood, we could have almost, you know, been in the same sort of place, and that Catholic thing brings you together, and definitely that idea of something, you know, transforming, you know, Mass is, the whole point of Mass is that you've got to believe that that host becomes some flesh, and that's a really hard thing, you know, that's the root of being Catholic, isn't it? Which we both rejected, <laughs> but I think that that's, yeah, that's really integral because, you have to believe that it is more than the sum of the parts. Yeah, yeah. You know, you you don't make I don't make paintings so that, that, that they just stay as paintings. Hopefully, I mean, just bring them in here today, and we talked about briefly. They change into something else. They yeah. suddenly become something else that you didn't even know that they were going to be. Like there's that first bit of oh god, I'm really embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Is that crap <laughs> thought? And then you think no. Then you have time to sit with it. You think actually it's become something completely different, mm-hmm. and that's really important. Because if it doesn't, that doesn't happen mm-hmm. in a work of art. I think that's something that we're both quite yeah. clear on. The transformation thing is, um, it's. Uh, I guess it was over time. You sort of that idea of taking something from the everyday and it undergoing transformation. So, you know, it's a, a process of kind of making your own version of the world. And I think that comes back again. You know, thinking about it as similar upbringings. We both talked in the past a lot about uh, boredom as a kid because. Our kids, you know, having to tolerate kids, that's how we really say they're bored, they do sometimes. But, you know, I remember we were saying about the summer holidays for our kids earlier, and saying, you know, spending days jumping off the fence when a car passed, getting back on the fence, and doing, <laughs> seeing the days of doing that stuff. Mm. We're filling your time with, finding ways to fill your time. Mm. And, um, you know, different things like that from our past, we're, a lot of the sort of creative kind of impetus came from trying to make make something out of nothing. Well, you were left on your own a lot as a kid. I was. You know, I, you know I'd have... My mum would say in the morning, um, don't come back till you're hungry. So she'd send you out, and then you'd be coming back at whatever time, you know, in the evening. At which point you'd build a den, you'd gone up a tree, you'd fallen out of it, you'd, you know. Mm-hmm. And you, so it was always about making stuff, Is making do. The process of sort of finding, um, finding something in nothing. Yeah, and sort of bringing stuff home. And, but I was know. always doing what I used to film my pockets, I find stuff you know, on the street, mm-hmm. anything. Not like now if I have to collect something big to make a piece out of, but I'd always be picking up crap off the floor mm-hmm. and, where else, and filling my pockets with it. And it's just like, it's the same process in a way that I was doing when I was 10 and years old. And that's just what we do, that's how you make art, that. It's kind of fed into it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it is because 
you kind of find something and then you, it becomes something else by picking it up off the floor, I suppose, and then it's in your hands and then it's in your mind and then it connects with something else and it becomes something. I think it's just play, isn't it, really? That's yeah. what kids do. They, you know, yeah, yeah like that's not excavation of sorts. It's something mm. else, isn't it? And mm. you only have those references as a kid to play because that's what you do most of. Mm. And so it becomes like a world or it becomes a you know, a gun or whatever it is that you pick up with. And, you know, our kids don't do that so much, I suppose. You don't notice it. Maybe they do it in their own world. But, I mean, parents, you know, adults didn't feature my world as a kid. Mm. It was all about, you know, my memories all connected to that thing. And that's sort of what we've continued, what an artist continues to do in a way, is to sort of take something... Especially, yeah, as, you know, as practitioners, you sort of, um, you know, you refine your practice, you edit it, and then you find... Um, those, the, the way you make those decisions is informed by practice, you know, you sort of have ongoing concerns and mm. sort of ways of working and they help you make the decisions about what it's chosen to go into work um, and what doesn't really. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, it, it always feels like it's um, an ongoing thing, like every time, you know, you finish a bunch of new work, you bring the show, it's a, it's a pause for a second, but it's a way, it's a way to just, it's an editing process because you finally get to see the work finished, it mm. always, mm. Um, and then you can move on to the next one, and so it's um, yeah, that process of sort of showing your work allows you to um, reconsider and edit it in a way you can't do in the studio. I don't think. But going back to that original question, change that change is really. I didn't think about it, but, but in both work, it's really important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if it do, and that's what you're sort of trying to find all the time. Mm. And it's very, but it's very evident aesthetically. Do you think so? Yeah, I mean, like with yours, you can definitely see the. The, the layers behind you're not being you're not being kind of secretive about about that it's all you know the the, the sit layer behind is just as important as layer at the mm -hmm. front and you know the same with riches the the kind of I can't think of the word at the moment but the when you kind of edit the object mm -hmm. it's not you're not kind of being secretive about it you have to look and you have to find that mm -hmm. but it's in, in a way, that is what's meant to be found, and you, mm. yeah, so. Well, honesty is quite important. It tries to sort of value truth. Maybe that's the Catholic thing, maybe it's a hang on to being a Catholic because mm. you know, you're taught as a Catholic or in any religion that kind of moral mm. ground and truth's really important to tell the truth. And I think that's quite important in what's well, certainly important sure. in my work, definitely. Mm. But maybe I thought it's a, it's a promise of something beyond, beyond what, what you're looking at. Um, you know, I, I looked, you know, I'm looking at that painting there and I think, you know, the ambassador, Holbein, the ambassadors. And you see this, like, there's, there's grandeur and there's, there's a table full of these amazing objects and it's beautifully painted. But on the top left, there's this, like, gap behind the curtain of this mm. darkness with a, with a cross. Mm. You think, oh, why is that? It's this infinite darkness and there's a promise of something that you'll never know. But really, for me, that's, that's the part. Yeah. It always like, yeah, psychedelic or whatever, but then that's, like... That's the most psychedelic thing about it. It's like, oh my, what is mm. what is that behind the curtain? Mm. Um, and I think all the work that I've seen in it has has that. There's a promise of something, and I think there's a surprise as well, especially in mm. yeah, in your sculptures, which of something. There's a promise of like, well, what's what's beyond this thing, or how is mm. the questions? It's kind of. I think sometimes as you know, as the maker of them, mm. that sort of element of um, you know. Promise or surprise is something like, or a de delayed reaction sometimes. Mm. You know, yeah. operates as one thing on the surface, but then there's usually something there that just acts as that 
small trigger to make you realise yeah, that yeah. you need to start investigating further to look at where the where's the change happened. Mm. And um, yeah, that's that's always been a, a concern at some level in what I do really is. Um, yeah, no matter how much you think that comes to the surface when you're making work, it doesn't really. It's just always it is there. Mm. So important that there's a way in other than the one that you intend to. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. Yeah, it does make sense. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, because when I make those paintings, I've got a reason or an intention to make that painting. Mm. But it's quite important that, you know, when you look at it, it's not the same thing that you're seeing that I'm mm. seeing. You mm. know, because I see how it was made, I know what came first, I know what came after that. Mm. But that, what we see now is quite different. You As you're working on a painting, though, you can sort of... Um the sort of the process of making them is, on, is an ongoing thing, but the the, uh, the judgments you make change sometimes as you're making the work. Don't mm. you know? So like a painting can start one way, and then the format might switch mm. to be continued on. You know, the tra it can transform as you're working on it. But that bugs you, though, doesn't it? It doesn't. No, it doesn't. But it's sort of that. It's one of the things again. It's sort of, I wish I could have that um, that possibility. Seems so tantalising. That, that, that possibility isn't in the painting. It's different, isn't it? When you're making paintings for a sculpture, if that isn't there, then there's no point in making the painting because I, th I could just then sit there and I know exactly what I'm going to do. What's the What's the point? What's mm. the surprise in that? There's no, you know. I think that it's it's a completely different thing to making sculpture. To do, making a painting. do you think that's inherent to the mediums that you that you use? Do you think that's inherent to the medium of of painting that you kind of you put yourself or have, have, have that position and similar when you're making objects, is it, d d does it call for a different... Well, I think just by it being paint, it doesn't do what you want it to do. Yeah, right, yeah. And so you have to bend towards it. You know, mm. I might think, oh, I really want that to be a certain way or mm. I want it to look a certain way and I'll go to do it and it's just going to bugger up because it's not going to do what I want it to do and therefore I have to react to it. Yeah. I suppose that's the difference. And the material makes me react to it, and that's why I like it. Mm. You know, and that's probably where, when I was working with or for you, I'd say, "Oh, look at that! Look at that! Look at the, what the when you spin resin around on a drill! Look what it does in the bucket! Isn't that pretty?" You'd be like, "Shut up! I'd just yeah. get on with the next job." You know. So I like I sort of I go to I definitely go towards that, and I wouldn't make paintings if I couldn't have that, and there would just be, you know, yeah, making something that didn't have that in it, that that magic element in it. Yeah, because I can't imagine you. Um knowing what you're going to do on a painting completely. Like you work on drawings and you'll do digital sketches when you're sort of working out fundamentals, but that's never set in stone, is it? No, it's just like an apparatus, like a kind of like scaffolding to... It's got to be there. It's got to be... The painting has to be about something, doesn't it? So you have to start somewhere with a painting. I can't just... I'm not someone that could go in the studio and just make a mark and then that mark would then yeah, right. determine the next thing, the next thing. That doesn't happen. There is a definite... But you do sort of... Um, Although there'll be periods of like very sort of frenzied activity, there's always time to you're always you'll pause only because then a half finished painting you'll do digital renderings of only to work out mm. possibilities. So you're always like there's a constant well, because sort it's of making assessment. decisions, isn't it? So I think that's the thing when you make and this goes back to I, I can't remember set um, back to the start of the Royal College where someone said it's about a series of decisions rather than and that's what painting is about, isn't it? It's kind of about making the next decision because paint's not going to do what you want it to do no. and so that's why in your sculpture sometimes i'd stop and why don't you do this and you're like i don't really want to do that so i i'm so i'm quite jealous of this assurance of where he wants to be mm. whereas i'm not really sure i'm not sure-footed with the, and the painting doesn't allow you to be sure-footed but i like that part of it there's the contradiction 
you know, it's sort of, I, I like, I like that it's kind of talking back at me, but at the same time, it's frustrate, it frustrates me. I wish I just had a path that I could go on. Mm. Um, but that's why you keep doing it, I suppose. It's not easy, is it? No, no, and yeah, in my head, I'm kind of thinking that. So you're when you arrive at a painting with an idea or a sense of something, is that, and then it goes through this kind of transformative process, and you arrive at something that you probably could wouldn't have previously conceived, mm. but is another angle on that original idea that is is for one reason or another maybe more exciting or more profound. Mm. And in a similar way to maybe the way Rich works, you find the object, but it, but through yeah, but there's maybe, a process yeah. that goes through. Although it's not a similar kind of... Well, it's it, not tangible, is no, it? No, no, right, but it's, it's still going through certain processes and arriving at the end with quite a similar kind of sensation mm -hmm. or something that's not in the original object or, if you're case, an idea, but it's, yeah. it's obtained stuff through mm -hmm. that and then mm -hmm. you're left with an object that then... Yeah, so perhaps the kind of... The working on the sculpture doesn't happen whilst the sculpture's being made. It's like that, that, that sort of working on it happens. Well, it does. Mm. I mean, it's, mm. you know, it happens in a kind of a, like a collecting way or a, you know, I don't know if you've heard that before. Mm. You don't like that. I don't know, I, I kind of, um, I remember you said before you were painting all the time. I remember when, especially if it would be out at openings, chatting in the pub. The way I used to find the way that painters talked like um, alchemists, you know, this, they talk about the materials and the process, and there was this, um, there was a, within, I'm not saying this with all painters, but with some painters, the notion of being a painter was stronger than the, um, the almost the will to make the work, and it was, um, I used to, I suppose it's a weird envy again, is this, how can you, you can be so committed to the media, that it overrides everything, and I never saw myself as a, I didn't identify as, a sculptor as such. I don't, um, that's not bullshit. I just didn't know what a sculptor was. I thought, mm. I, don't, I don't think I'm thinking, or I never used to think yeah. I thought in terms of how a sculptor is meant to approach things. You know, the general kind of sensibilities of, you know, form, volume, space, balance, etc. I didn't think I was ever doing them, but I think they are addressed in the work I do. Like, um, you know, the way I think it's placed, the sort of posture of an object, its relation to other ones. There are the, those sculptural or the concerns are there, but um, I still don't see myself as like a sculptor, although it's only objects pretty much that I make. I think the, uh, I'm not sure, I think sometimes it's more the sort of the, um, the conviction I can get from the things I make because they occupy real space and they have similarities to things from the real world. Mm -hmm. I think that as an entry point into some sort of um, a thought process or an element of transformation or a um, I'm not sure I'm getting, but... So do you think you're just trying to say that you're jealous of making paintings? A bit of that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've always got, I've got... I've become obsessed with the sort of um, sidetracked anecdotes and stuff. Like each of the pieces, all of them, they'll always have some sort of really long-winded, often insignificant anecdotes associated with them. Mm. But um, I guess that is, it goes back to this idea of making a version of the world that's your own. It's, it's, you know, picking up on the insignificant But I think that's making, stuff, then then that's making the work, you're making the work at that point, if you see what I mean. So the process that I go through making that painting is what you're doing at that start bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is, yeah, I think this is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, yeah. So, the, so it happens much earlier than coming into the studio, whereas mm. yours is a, you do all that pre-studio, whereas I do it on, yeah. with the painting. Yeah. Mm. I think about those things whilst I'm making the painting, and then the painting, 
changes the way I think about it and then it forces me down a different avenue that I didn't think I was going to go down. Kind of working in reverse to yeah. each other. Yeah. Yeah, but I didn't really think about that before. I no. think it, but I think that is the case, isn't it? Yeah. Right. Maybe you need to make some paintings. Remember the time I tried to help you with the painting? We <laughs> <laughs> were doing a figure. It was, I suppose it's sim- in, it had some similarities to these because it was a draped figure, wasn't it? But the figure was present. And you just kept doing this face. And so I can't do this. I guess the painting. I was thinking, yeah, piece of piss. I'll do this. <laughs> Fucking hell. It's terrible. It's really like. And every every stroke I was making, everything I was touching was just going, I'm not like really. <laughs> nah. It was good. It was a good moment. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, the only time I can work sort of drawing and uh, the immediacy of drawing only works for me when there's no pressure to actually do it. Like, I found that when once we had our first son and I draw with him, you know, because you just do doodles to make him laugh and do they were the sort of the most honest drawings I've mm. ever done. It's when you just immediately well, because you're not thinking about it, that's the thing, isn't it? So, I think that's the thing when you're making a painting, you're not thinking about making that painting, which is quite a hard sort of zone to get yourself in yeah. without any, you know, any, any substances. Well, that's when the painting becomes yeah. a really, that's, so then it becomes less um, self-conscious and all of those things, but even knowing that is really hard because then you can't get yourself to that point. You kind of have to forget, forget, yeah. forget that. And it's the last yeah. thing you do before you leave the studio, yeah, and I've said it to Rich so many times, I'm like, I'm, you know what, I made that last night or in the afternoon, in the last 10 minutes, and look at it, and he's like, yeah. Yeah, but I can't really do spontaneity that much in the work. I can be really casual about hanging shows, you know, I can work on pieces for months and months. Mm. And um, when it comes to a hang, there's, um, I could sometimes even just say, yeah, pretty whatever, it's fine, you know, it really, because of the, the type of work it is, and if it's not in a really crowded space, it will do what it's meant to do, it can suggest other spaces, it can mm. operate, and I, I think maybe I've already got an idea in my head where But you do know what on. you want, and you, you you um, make sure you get to that point of, yeah. you know, so that's, I think that's what I find that I quite like to have more of in my, if I could say that anything, definite. I know what I want mm. and I want it to be like this, mm. you know, whereas I allow it to wander a little bit and do this and do that and then mm. I get a bit upset myself because it doesn't quite fill it, you know, mm. so, so I think there's, um, I, sometimes I do quite like Rich's way of working but I couldn't adopt it, I don't think, I'd let myself down all the time, it could be horrendous, wouldn't it, i forever. Thinking I was terrible, um, so yeah. Mm. Mm. So the work here in the show, would you guys say that it's like a, a linear progression for you both from previous work that you've made, um, or not? Do you want me to go first? Yeah. Um, I think for me it is. I think it's very different from the work that you know that you've seen previously maybe from, in person yeah 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 um, and I think that it's um I've been um since I finished my MA I've had what three years of um being on my own in the studio making work and working out what it is that I want from painting mm. and you know having many failures and and working out um you know uh the, the, I work on the, the sort of the same reason for making a painting is always there it's just looks has different you know looks different so I think this is from a long, from, a, from finishing the MA and just making lots of terrible work for about a year, not knowing what I wanted to do, mm. and now I've refined it down to actually, you know, what I want from painting. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's, um, it's kind of the culmination of, of, of that really, of knowing what I don't want and then, and then trying to find a painting right. through that. Mm. Yeah, I think I've, um, I think, yeah, there's no, 
massive changes in the, the stuff I've produced in the show that, in terms of um, you know resembling a found object, but they're all you know there's some kind of transformation or twist. So it's almost like reproductions of objects that never existed in the real world anyway. So previously I've made lots of discarded singular shoes involved in various mm. you know situations, you say. So that carries on. I've used dead in proximal objects, you know, found objects that have had evidence of human wear or um, you know, presence with the body over a period of time. Mm. Um, and technique-wise, yeah, it's a lot of, one piece a lot of time on the sewing machine and the others are sort of cast objects. So, so I feel it's, um, yeah, it's, it's quite definitely a linear progression. And the, the cloud kind of piece, I've made numerous things using t-shirts and draped objects. So, and the rainbow too, right? Uh, yeah, that's true. That's a, that's a motif that's been in the work, you know, mm. over the last sort of 15 years, several times it's occurred as a sort of, um, you know, generally as a, this glimmer of optimism, which is often the sort of a, a thing I try to achieve, is this uh, optimism in things that are, appear to be on their last legs, sort of, um, you know, holding on to life in the face of adversity in, that sounds awfully poetic and it isn't, you know. But also, yeah. just you saying those things that, you know, sometimes I think, oh, is it about that? And like, we've been together that for so long. Mm. And honestly, because, you know, sometimes we'll have a conversation and it'll be like, oh, and I'll show you something. i say, have you seen this? You say, yeah, that's because that's what my work's about. And I'm like, we've been together for a long time. If mm. I don't know that, it's almost like, really? I wouldn't, maybe we don't listen to each other. Yeah, we talk and don't listen. We do do a lot of time. I find the pain coin in the dog shit in the <laughs> <laughs> equally repulsed and attracted at the same time. <laughs> Do you dig in? No, no, you're not painting. I'm not saying yours is the dog shit, I'm talking. No, but I mean, sometimes which will say, or I'll discover something and I'll go, and I'll say, Do you think your work's a bit like this? And say, Yeah, it's been like that for like 20 years. And I'll go, Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. You know, I haven't, I didn't, mm. I didn't come, to, you know, I didn't realise. I'm not saying I'm really stupid, but I think we think about, in terms of our work, we think about ourselves a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's our one area, I suppose, where you can be quite... And uh, the way we talk about work to each other a like, lot, it's, it's treated like a job, isn't it? Yes, yeah, so like when you get on with it, you're just getting on mm. with your job. Mm. And so there's not, there's not an awful lot of time where we, um, the work will be discussed in the same way you would if you were... You know, if it was a, a group discussion or you were, it doesn't really happen. Well, I think you can feel you can be quite selfish when you're making your work, whereas in every other area of our life it's shared and we're yeah. not, you know, you, we do everything to, to not be selfish, if you know what I mean. Mm. So it's all you know, for other yeah. humans, like kids, whatever, you know. Mm. And I think the one area you're allowed to sort of really indulge yourself is in your work. And so maybe we don't listen to each other because actually mm. that's the point where we don't have to tell each other the things. Right. You yeah. don't have to sort of justify anything or, you know, or you, and you can be brutally honest and say, I really don't like that thing that you've made. And mm. he's like, I don't really care. Because we don't, like, even though there's not like, it sounds like there's not a lot of communication in the studio and we work in the space. When the, we, at the same time, it's very much our space. Even when the kids come in, like sometimes they'll have something on a mate. Yes, if you're in. And you'll let them in to do it, but it's too stressful, kind of. Yeah, because they're just they're kids that fuck about and they'll mess with things and they'll yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's like well it's because it's don't touch that pile of crap there it's very important <laughs> that one over there you can keep it that one's really important don't and so it's too stressful but to we've carved out that space for ourselves right. you know we have a really busy life in terms of like mm. we give up 
I give a lot. But you know, like, I, we do Just generally, when you've got you kids, you do have to give over yourself. Priority. They do get priority yeah. over everything. Like. So our one space is the studio, and I suppose we're quite selfish about that space. Mm. And even to each other, it's like, that's my, that's where I work, yeah. that's my thing, you know, so mm. don't tread in here. So maybe it is that I just don't listen to you when you do it there. I do, but I do discover things, and I'm like, oh, I didn't know it's about that. Mm. So what happens then when you when you get asked to do a show together? It's like, d- is it is it just like strictly like just this is professional, this is our jobs, or well, the show is you know as its anchor, the bed or the idea of, of a bed and what that might be. And that's quite a, that's also quite a private private place. And how yeah, yeah I'm, well, I'm wondering how it's not, it's not that private. Is it? <laughs> I think, you know, there's always someone in it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's not. I mean, various vagrants dropping in and out. There's always somebody in it, and it's not always us. You know, there's. Right. Uh, do you know what I mean? That. <laughs> but like, but like, do you know what I mean? So it's so it's a kind of you know, um, it's not what it used to be. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's it's, and I think it just was because Rich said to me, oh, "Well, you make paintings like they're blankets, aren't they?" And, and there's been this big discussion, but they're not just blankets, are they? They're, I see them as sort of different things. So I think that's where it started, wasn't it? A disagreement about what I was. I think like some of the um, the source material for. Both of our work in this show has mm. got its roots you know, years back because yeah. when your dad was ill, which is going back what seven or eight years ago, you were sort of commuting every day to go and see him in the hospice and everything, and you took a lot of photos of him with the blank with blankets on him at that mm. point, didn't you? Not with um, not with anything in mind particularly, but just felt there was some sort of well, need to a, keep a record for yourself. When you're that? watching someone pass away slowly in a hospice, there's a lot of time. You know, you do mm. a lot of sitting, watching, nothing particularly, just things beeping or someone breathing. Or and they, um, they the, in this hospice, they tend to sort of um, keep patient keep keep bodies warm with these granny blankets mm. that they knit. So that's what I start to look at and think about those kind of in terms of who made them and how they got put together and things like that. Because the sort of discussions we'll have would be kind of chats about blankets, because I remember yeah. once you started looking at them and then we were looking at them, you know, you go on eBay and you'd be checking these blankets out mm. and you'd be looking at them for, you know, you can see the way they're made, it's often, because my nan used to do that kind of thing, she'd use whatever wall she had, so if she didn't finish a square in one colour, just whatever came out of the bag while she's watching the teller. And then when you can see this on a blanket, you can see all these decisions that have been made as the yeah. thing goes. And they're not made to be considered in that way, but when you do look at them, they're, they're really brilliant. You know, they sort of they record time made, time that they've been on the body, mm. then they get passed on somewhere else, and then in a charity shop, whatever, and someone else picks them up. And the, the sort of the history that's ingrained in them, they become these brilliantly sort of saturated objects that are so full of stuff. So it'd be a. Um, but yeah, they're a granny blanket. Yeah, but the better ones, you see them when you can tell someone's really made the effort to make it ordered, and they're not, they don't have that same kind of spontaneity to them. Mm. So, so that was a shared interest, wasn't it? Shared interest in dead people's blankets. That's what we mean. There's, um, there's often, you know, this, well, you there's, no, there's no fashion. As well. I did, yeah, I, a few years ago, I cast a couple to make versions of. So um, there's no, it's not like a fascination with, um, you know, uh, inevitable demise, but there's, 
it's often informed like things from graveyards and mm. things that signify. Well, maybe that's a Catholic thing again, because yeah, you know, yeah, and, and certainly for me for the Irish reference, because the Irish love the love the dead and the dying. They, you know. Yeah, well, your dad's the favourite thing is the obituaries, isn't it? Yeah, and he loves to go to graveyards. He's in one now, so he's really really happy. I'm loving it. Uh, but I think um, I think there's a sort of shared interest in those things, and and th that sort of source material hangs around in the yeah, studio, right. and you can't not see it. You know, mm. like if there's a granny blanket, I think, oh, that's, I really love how that happens, and then there'll be a conversation about it, and then it's almost uh, kind of it, then it happens from there, and then you take it off on your own. And I think if it was a, a, a conscious effort to make a work about that, it could come across just really sort of shit, and so, um, but as a sort of a pointer somewhere in the work. Like in Bernie's case, the transformation happens. They, they, you know, the last thing I sort of feel from them is this sense of um, foreboding on death. They become, they, they're really sort of optimistic things, I think. And they've seen one away from the studio, isolated. I can see how they really work, and that removal from the distance between initial subject matter and the thing you presented with, it, it's kind of a joyful sort of transformation. Mm -hmm. and, um, but even, you know, in that mattress piece, I wanted to make a piece that was like, um, from the sort of recumbent position to vertical and the text that's embroidered into the quilting. I wanted to have this quality of a leaned up, you know, when a headstone's removed for work or whatever, mm. you see rows of headstones up against the wall in a graveyard. I think that's a sort of a reference for making this well, piece. I think that's because that, again, that look, a conversation from the blankets and then saying, well, it isn't about kind of blankets, it's more about this kind of idea of. Um, and I think that the sort of thing between our work at the minute, which will maybe change, is this kind of idea of change of orientation. And so we talked about that quite a lot, didn't we? And yeah. Do you think so? I'm not sure. Oh, yeah, I think it's like that. Yeah. So, so then this kind of idea of something, you know, being stood up and lying down, mm. has, has a, a big shift when something stood up and when you, and, and I said a lot of your sculptures tend to either slump or fall down or look like they've been lying down. And so, you know, the idea when something's vertical, it's kind of a, like a tree's alive, it's standing mm. up, and when it's chopped down, it's horizontal. And it's a really simple shift. Mm. But when you turn something on its side, or you turn a painting on its side, or you know, or you turn it upside down. There's a dramatic shift, isn't there? Yeah. And so I think that's what we kind of came to in the end. That it, although it's about, you know, it's sort of, only when you're to bed, clearly, you know, yeah. you're horizontal, aren't yeah, you? Sure. I remember when we bought our bed, thinking about the bed. Do you remember my mum? She she bought our mattress for us. Do you remember? And you said when we bought the bed, we'll die in this. Do you remember? Mm. And I said, oh my God, Rich. But it's bed, it's not bed. I think I was just trying to justify you spending just... <laughs> more than 50 quid on a bed. Okay, so this is, you know, we bought, it's like, we'll you know, we had spent... to... And we bought an oak bed and it was like our thing. It was like we don't spend a lot of money on furniture and we've got some money. And you said, I think we'll die in this bed. I was like, oh my God, we're going to die. But there's something about that bed as well that it's moved with us all over the place and it's kind of. Um... I think, you know, having this conversation now, because we never, we never forced into this situation where we're both talking about work at the same time. Mm. And I realise actually we do talk about work probably a lot more than we think, but because it's not committed time to it, yeah. it's often it would just be, you know, you're in the car, you're doing something with the kids, there's always stuff about work happening, but because it gets so mixed up with life mm. in general. Yeah. And is it ever like, I guess it, it sounds like it's not directly talking about the work you're well, looking no, it's at, always, but it's everything that surrounds yeah, it. Yeah, it's the yeah. peripheral stuff and like, remember not long back when you, found, you were looking at footage and photographs of, um, you know, people smoking spice and the way that they're, these slumped figures. Mm. There was a real kind of shared interest in the mm. sort of... Yeah, because I knew, I was watching, I was thinking, oh, Richard loved this. Just, you yeah. know, I didn't know sort of, what you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. As sort of, um, as visual sort of reference, you know, um, 
the sort of the, the intricacies of it in society aside, it's just these really um, dramatically posed figures that are frozen. There's, mm. And so there's often things like that come up. Well, then also I see that and I feel, you know, Richard loved that, and then he'll kind of take that off and do something with it or not, you know. So mm. there's lots of shared um, interest in things. They don't necessarily always go where you think they're going to go, but so, I, you know, we know each other really well, so we know what each other's like. And then that might spiral into something else, or it might mm. just fall flat onto someone, you know. But I think when we thought about this show, the kind of connection between it was that kind of lying downness. Yeah. I think that was. And I think because we've, we've, we've shown together once before, and it was. Um, was that recent activity? The recent yeah. activity show, Bowman. Yeah, and that was. Um, it was quite different. Though, yeah, it? a different feel to this show completely. And similarly, like, yours definitely painted my work. They could exist on their own. But we weren't really in. No one asked. We weren't, we weren't thinking about a kind of theme for our no, work. No, so like, we tried to identify kind of something that's holding it together. And because of the nature of recent activity, it's about what you're recently doing. There's no mm. more agenda than its recent activity, what yeah, you're doing yeah. at the moment. And so that just, then the work just sort of came from the studio and went into the space. Whereas this yeah. sort of felt, we definitely talked about this show much more as mm. uh, you know, what, what kind of links the work or not, or... Um, and it's one of the most, um, most comfortable I've been doing a show, you know, potentially ever, because mm. possibly coming out of lockdown where we've had these lots loads of sort of time slow um you know we, we know dan and so it's always nice to, i find it so much less stressful to work with people you know quite well working together on it it's just the whole thing has felt really um it's it's a you know an easy enjoyable experience yeah. to do i like you know i've really enjoyed and it, it didn't feel like anything was forced either no it all it, it kind of informed it itself as it went along the more we talked about it and like i said if we didn't sit down and talk about it, it might you might be making a cup of tea yeah, and go oh yeah. do you know what i was thinking the other day and so you have to snatch those conversations because we don't have a lot of time on our own very little amount of time on our own yeah. and so you then just sort of and then that will set you off thinking about something else and then you think i must remember to tell him that or not you know yeah, i could never i don't think we'd ever make work together it just wouldn't happen no. there's absolutely no chance it's driving me insane but the uh, the middle ground that we occupy sort of i think we um yeah, you couldn't just talk to me about your work because sometimes the conversations you want, I'm not going to give you. Like, <laughs> that's what I'm not going to. I'm telling you, I'm not. Um, it's the sort of uh, the sensibility mm. isn't the conversation. Because sometimes you're, you you um, you want to talk with painters. Is that? Fair? Yeah, Is you'll that? say that, and you'll just say. No, um, that's just my way. This yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He just said, I don't know. I don't know what you want to say. So I don't. Don't you say what you see? And he's like, I don't know. I don't know. So then I just, you know, it gets you really frustrated. <laughs> I think it's because my the, the process I'm involved in isn't the same as yours. So mm. the concerns you'll have that are changing and ongoing all the time. Mm. Someone who, whose process is slightly more similar, you're gonna find those conversations easier because you're going mm. through the same things. Whereas the sort of the the day to day activity of mine is make a decision and then just work through a long list. Mm -hmm. There is a point where it changes, where when the pieces are almost happening, that's when I sort of take more pleasure because the actual processes and casting and that, they're a means to an end and they can be a right ball eh? But, um, you, you know, I'm very aware that that's sort of, you go through that as part of the work. Mm -hmm. And it, become, it can become sort of a, I wouldn't say it's meditative, but something therapeutic sometimes about just the hours invested in the piece. Mm. I think it's just because, purely because it's become so part of what I do. Um, it's a, you just zone up, you zone in on it and it's... Mm. Whereas I don't think painting can be that, I don't find it that enjoyable. 
Can't we hate being artists? No, I don't mean like, I don't go in and like, you know, I don't, it's not a sort of a, a sacrifice, but I don't get the, I don't get that much pleasure in terms of, oh, I'm really loving this. There's moments of it. But is, is the pleasure found in the, in the kind of, in the difficulty? So you, yeah. so it's kind of a. Yeah, that's what it is. So you think, because you think, you know, some of these paintings I've thought, this, these are just horrendous. I, I don't know what to do with this. And so that's almost better than when the paintings, you know from experience that it's, something's going to happen or you'll put your boot through it or, yeah. you know, something, something has to happen to it. It can't just, you know, not, yeah, it has to end at some point, whether that be a good end or not, you know. So I think yeah. that, yeah, it is part of it, I think. And it's a, yeah, I guess it is, but it doesn't feel like at the time. I no. can look back and say it was a challenge. Oh, I'm really glad yeah, that yeah, it made yeah. this challenge. Yeah. But, but at the, the time, mood, it's The mood can change very quickly in the studio from, you can sense everything's going all right. So it's quite nice to that. <laughs> then suddenly everything's shit and horrible, and it's like, but when what's happened? Oh, you've got like a bit of red on it since yesterday. Why is it now this terrible thing that yesterday was all right? No, I think that's why where the envy comes in, though, isn't it? Because you might, you're yeah, up and down the whole it. time. But if you can just follow like a, well, that's it. Rich can go and have a list. He's got a list, and he's a really yeah. big list. I'm not a lister, and he's got this list. He's going to, and he carries them out. Whereas I go in with the intention, I'm just going to put a bit of this on, and then suddenly all hell breaks loose, and you're thinking, that's this. I, I'm no good. I'm going to give up now. Do you think your personality could could handle it, like a just a simple trajectory, or do you think you need those ups and downs? Well, I think in hindsight, I need the ups and downs. But when they're <laughs> happening, I don't need them. And, <laughs> and you know, I'm not really. I, you know, I've got quite an even mood most of the time, unless I'm making a painting, and right, then yeah. I could just. Give it all up, I'm like, I can't bear it, I can't bear it. But it, but it sort of keeps pulling, and I think oh, I've got to do something with it, I can't just leave it there now, I've got to do, or I'll turn it away from it. But you know, all the things that most people make paintings do, you know, yeah. do all those things. But you can go from like thinking everything's okay to horrendous. And I think that's sort of evident as well sometimes when you're looking back through photos and you go, oh god, that was a really good painting. Yeah, I know. And you painted it out, and at the time it was the worst thing, and then and you six like to yeah, so. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I do. I you know I'll make shows sometimes though, and I'm, I'm I've obviously had the commitment to make the work, and uh, I've seen it through. It's been edited before I made it in a way, and, um, but then there'll be something I think yeah it's all right, and I can't dwell on it too much sometimes. I have to move on. Mm -hmm. and it's usually very good at doing that. Was I dwell and dwell and dwell? And but do you think it's because it's based in a decision that you've made that was wrong? Whereas I guess with your process, because it's it's just one thing to another to another, mm. and it's very linear. That you can beat yourself up more because you could have made a different decision, or I guess with yours. Yeah, I think my decisions made earlier on. Yeah, right. Oh yeah, that's yeah. definitely yeah. I mean, if I could pre-decide what I was going to paint, <laughs> then is that possible? Could you do that? But yeah, it is because you think, well, why do I do that? I know not to do that. Or yeah. why should I? Why did? Why didn't I make this decision? It's very there's, easy. There's a hundred of them, isn't there, out there that are potentials for you, and yeah. but it's just through making the work that you know which. Or you don't, you just, just feel the decision. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this worked last time, I'm going to go again and see if that works. And oh, it didn't work this time. Right. And so, yeah, I think you can, um, I can be really hard on myself. And, and yeah. I can't, and I don't tend to leave at the studio, whereas Rich can do that. And I like that he can do that, whereas I can come home and I might have a little glimpse of anything else. That's not shit, isn't it? You know, and I can't do that, whereas he's, Rich is very good at being able to say, yeah. just leave yeah. it. That's and I, and, and it's really hard for me to do that. And I think yeah. painting is probably the worst thing for me to do for that reason. Yeah. You know, but I, and I know that I go in tomorrow and it'll look differently. Yeah, for sure. You know, yeah. or like you said, go out and go for a run, sort of do so, go to the gym. So I've, 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 you know, been going to the gym a lot in the last year. It's been really helpful for me, you know, to sort of mm. that kind of physical thing, to mm. do something physical, to kind of get rid of that, 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 you know. And then I can go to the studio and I feel 
Because I guess the complexity comes when I'm sure in your experience there's been something that's been rock bottom and you pulled it pulled it away and yeah. it's been great. And there's other times when it's been the opposite. Yeah. So it's very hard, I think, to well, gauge when to leave things. because you think mm. I can stay for another hour and yeah. push this through. Yeah. Or the opposite happens and you get you know further into the deal. Well, they're often too stressful. But they are. But I said they're often the better things. The ones where you think oh my god like what and then you keep going and then so that's what keeps you going because you know you did that once you know it's you not did. It's always a carrot down you know you did but it. it's not like you can sort of say and i'm sure some people can but you know you're you're not able to sort of say i can identify this was the success in that yeah. world because, no, because so many little parts go towards yeah. making that yeah you can't isolate you can't do it again you really. can't it's not like shooting a hoop and you do it again you do it again you do it again the more you practice it's going to get better because it doesn't it doesn't happen that way, does it? It's, it's you know, there's a big element of chance, isn't there? And I what guess sports it like then if it's not basketball, fishing. It's not like fishing. I don't know. I don't like fishing, but I don't know. I don't know what it's like. Um, something really frustrating. Ice skating. Mm. I don't know. But I think I think it's. But that's what makes me come back to it though, because if it was. If it was like dead easy and it was just, you know, I was sort of making lino cuts and they're hard as well. I'm not to get <laughs> downplay the lino cuts, but there's a process involved, isn't right, it? Yeah. Process yeah. and then oh what did I do wrong there? Oh, because Richard said that that's classic, you know, backtrack, what did you do wrong, what did you do right last time? Do that then employ that. And it mm. doesn't work that way. No, it's a different problem every time. Yeah, but that's a good thing with painting as well. Yeah. Because it's fresh each time you get back to it. Yeah. Is that all going into the show? No. Okay. Just, just, I wasn't sure if that's a reject or if it's going to be hung off. <laughs> See, that's a classic response to a painting. That's a classic. And then something. Does he oh. like that one? Does he not I like that, like one? that one? But I wasn't sure. It's um. Yeah, like it's just again, it's another one of the ones that's changed in the studio. I'm used to seeing a certain spot with other things around it, and then when it's removed, well, that must be. I can, I can always see more. Like I know when it goes out of the studio. What kind of changes are going to happen to it? But, um... Well, your work tends to always it tends to, to benefit from a clearer space. Mm. Those paintings don't. They can fall over. <laughs> so, well, I, I guess I should ask because there's going to be a few people who can't make it to the show because of the situation that we're in. Um, I guess uh, I want to ask like. What can people expect, or what could people expect from, from the show if if they were to come, and if and if they can't, yeah, how would you? I guess it's not fully home, so you can't make two weeks. But yeah, what could what could one expect? I encourage them to come. Yeah, I know oh, I am a full advocate. You should definitely come. You've got to see <laughs> If you can, definitely come. But yeah, what yeah what could yeah what can people expect? Because I guess people might listen to this and then see the show mm. afterwards. What can I expect? I don't know if there's um, uh, a sense of, I think the, the work seeing yeah, the, I think there's a sort of harmony, which hopefully is a good reflection of us. And then that's I was quite the, surprised that you said they were joyous. That was something that I, that, that I didn't, haven't heard before. So I was quite, you know. Well, I do, I think there's sort of, there's a, I think there's an optimism. I think yeah. there's an optimism about the whole show. Yeah. I think yeah, there's a sort of, um, I feel the same. A sort of, a, no pressure optimism that you know shit's all right really generally that'd be my there seems a, there's a there's a lightness is that bad to say yeah no i think that's, that's right. right which is kind of strange because it does it comes from a, a very opposite place yeah right yeah exactly yeah it comes from a very opposite place maybe it's making making something good i don't know uh, yeah it's making kind of 
good out of crap. I think it, I think it's gen generally sort of a, I, th I think we're fairly optimistic on our we, We've had to be, haven't we, you know, to, you know, you sort of, you survive and you uh, carry on with your optimism a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we have lots of, con I, I, you know, we've had many conversations over here, why do we do this, why do we do this, it doesn't, mm. you know, there's no gain in it in any way, but we continue to do it because we've said, because there's no, we can't do anything yeah. else. And you have, and I guess maybe there is an optimism in it, in it because, because, I don't know, I, I think. Well, the, the work's kind of, um, I think there's a certain level, it's like, it's kind of joyful, but there's an understatement as well. Mm. There's sort of, it's not necessarily singing and dancing and clapping, and, yeah. but it's kind of, it's just that sense of, um, you know, everything's going to be all right. Yeah. And I get that from, you might not even realise it, but the whistle, like the similarities and palettes of, you know, there's like whistles of, of the rainbow and mm. vision, and then I kind of make, kind of make um, similarities with the, the palette that you've right. used. Mm. Yeah, and that, I haven't thought of that at all. So, no, I haven't. And, yeah, so there's this kind of little little nod to that kind of joyousness. But I think my, my colour palette is that's one thing Bernie has had an influence on is because I used to sort of um, I was saying I look at the biggest piece of Bernie is very beige, but I, you know my work had always been variations on beiges, you know, mm. always washed out and, and the colours in this are fairly washed out again, but um, seeing colour in the studio, I don't respond to it directly or in the same way Bernie does or use it, but there will be sometimes from the amount of time Bernie spends on like um, you know colour is not necessarily bright but the choice of colour they use and the palettes you're working with at particular times those subtleties will sort of have an influence somewhere. Maybe without you realise, no. I think yeah, I think it's possible to come. It's hard for us to say that, isn't it? To acknowledge oh, just, oh no, because you're not no mm. for sure for sure. And there's definite vibrancy. And there's definite pops of colour, mm. which could easily have been. Well, that's really good to Modern. hear, actually, because I think, it, like Rich was saying, you know, we've had to be optimistic, you know, mm. and the three kids and, you know, trying to keep a life together. It's not mm. easy, it's not yeah. easy, but, but I think you get up every morning out of your bed and you think it's another day, it's just going to yeah. be able to do it. And fun. making work in the situations that you, that, that you have been in, yeah. I guess, that you, you have to be optimistic, yeah. otherwise. Yeah, but still, when we still do it, it's the one thing that... You know, we haven't stopped doing it no matter what, are no, we really? No, that's definitely for sure. And I think you, you, you know, you always have to think that, that it's okay. Like you said, you know, it's all right. Yeah. It's fine. Mm. Like it's just being optimistic. Yeah. yeah, you have to put a good front on always. And I think maybe it's not a good front, but it's really nice to hear that they are optimistic paintings because mm. sometimes, given the subject matter, um, I wonder, uh, you know, um, you know, maybe they're not sort of. Maybe they don't sort of come directly from what I was thinking about when I first started making the painting, but I quite like that. No, but that's sort of a. I think it's kind of. A, it's not linear, a is it? A human reaction to it, mm -hmm. isn't it? It's sort of a. It's sort of that kind of. Keep, keep, keep keeping up. Keep on keeping keep on. on. <laughs> yes, yeah, so come and be happy. Yeah. Just come. Just come. <laughs> yeah, just come. Just share our joy. <laughs> if not, watch your on your computer from bed as a form of tribute. <laughs> <laughs> or from the gutter. <laughs> um, cool. Well, thank you. I guess, as as you may or may, may or may or may not know, at the end of these chats, I always ask our guests two questions. Have you have you planned? Have you planned for this? No. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. So the first question is, um, I always ask people, is if you could swap chairs with me 
and visit anyone in history, who would you visit and what might you want to ask them? Anyone, they don't have to be... Living or dead, anyone in, anyone in history, they, could, they don't have to necessarily be an artist. Gosh, could, I should have planned for this one, shouldn't I? It's um, a big question. Anyone? Yeah. Oh, a few come to mind quickly, but I don't know if I want to see them. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, are you thinking people personality-wise, or what you get from them, or just seeing them? I probably should say my parents, shouldn't I? Really? You knew them well enough, though, didn't you? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going, you know, um, I don't particularly obsess over artists very much. There's some artists whose work I really like, but there's no one who I'm a mega, like, super fan of, particularly. Yeah. Um, I did, I, I always, I had a phase a few years ago of getting really into, like, rock biographies. Um, and obviously they're always very edited because they're not often from the person, but I, I, I did have a sort of fascination for a while with these sort of often 60s counterculture figures and, you know, looking at it in hindsight how these, some of the ideas went wrong and some of them worked. I had a bit of a thing with that, but um, I'm trying to think. I bet it's you really this is going to be one of them things. It'll be that spirit of the staircase. As soon as you leave, you go, It's a really tough question. It's really hard, isn't it? Yeah. Because there's so many people that you would like to speak to or... Um... Read them off and then see what, well, see what lands. The first person that comes to mind is yeah. John Wayne. <laughs> John Wayne when I was a kid because you'd watch you know you'd watch the, the, the you know the TV and you'd watch his films and Mum loved him and this the kind of Irishness about him yeah. I don't know what I'd like to ask him but I'd like to meet him to see if he was like this big man you know was he or somebody like um, you know like a um, I don't know that I'd like I'd like to meet Spike Milligan again spend time yeah, with him mm. she's quite good yeah because it's his comedy was sort of for the, when he was on when I was young, I couldn't, I was terrified of him. He properly got that look in his eyes. It really used to scare me. Yeah. But um, since reading his biographies and hearing about how he was with his family, he comes across, and you know, the, the thing he had in his head, headstone that, you know, I told you all, I wasn't well or something. Yeah. There's something about him I find brilliant. Well, if I were to about artists, I think the two that I'd quite like, I'd quite like to meet Agnes Martin, but I think she might not give me what I want for about. And Be quite I, quiet. Yeah, and I, she wouldn't say much to me, and I'm like, come on, just say it. Or, or um, Bruce Nauman was always a big, I was a big fan of, and I'd quite like to meet him, and he'd probably be equally as probably quite quiet and not say very much, but those two are quite, they're sort of older heroes of mine, I guess. But I don't think about them all the time, but they're just sort of those people that, I had a book of her, Rich bought me a book of um, her writings, and then, yeah. It was really, you know, I think yeah. it's just, you know, she didn't say very much, but what she says is really important, you know, it's kind of quite poignant. Yeah. So those two as artists, but they're not in the work anywhere, I don't think. They're just, mm. like, you know, mm. I think I'd like to meet them. I'd like, I do like the work of Paul Tech, you know, there's not an awful lot of it, and, but um, he was one of those artists when I first saw his work. He was one of those figures, you know, you'd see his sort of um, severed leg, which I guess we've got a thing here that sort of acknowledges that in somewhere subconsciously. Yeah. But then when I started seeing some of these other stuff, some of the more sort of, um, the sort of slighter works, and I worked at Camden Art Centre years ago mm. to like, doing education stuff, and they did a show of his mainly, I think it was all drawings and works on paper, but um, I kind of loved his sort of... What did you ask him? I, I don't know, I just don't know, I what he was doing. I don't know how difficult he was or what, I don't know if he'd be... Um, but I, there's something in his work, there's a sort of grubby honesty that I... I really loved and a sort of um, you know pondering your own existence in the face of 
the cosmos or sort of like that. But do we answer it? No, I wish I wish I They're all good answers. All, all, all those names you've not had before. That's oh, good. good. Living, I'd, I'd like to. I, I, I think Kathy Burke's brilliant. I, don't, I actually heard the other day talking on the radio, but I've always thought whenever she's interviewed, mm. she just comes across as super, mm. super cool. So. I said dreams about Bruce Nam when when I was doing my uh, <laughs> yeah when it was really? my first degree and I did I I wrote a dissertation on him and he would um, be on a beach and he'd be wearing a cowboy hat <laughs> and he would have towards me. Happened quite a lot actually and yeah. I, that, but that's the image I've got in my head of him. Maybe I've just seen that somewhere but that's kind of him. Mm. I should have asked some questions then, should I? Go to that memory and ask him why he's got the hat. What's the hat? What, what is what is it about? I don't know, I don't, I don't know why you, you know, but then I think there's lots, I don't think about him now very much at all, but there's, you know, that kind of, yeah. when we did our degree, he was, we, yeah. you know, we talk about him quite a lot, and I suppose that that's in the work somewhere, but, you know. Cool, good answers. Um, and the last question is, um, has there ever been a piece of advice that you've been given um, that you still carry with you now? Yeah, my mum said to me, don't bury him. Cheers, <laughs> 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 Do you remember? She said you're much happier. No, she didn't mean that. Way. She was just saying you'd be better off stay as you are. You'd be happy. And sometimes I say, just, oh God, you know, if we hadn't got married, you know. But so that's my that's that's advice I'd pass on to my kids. I can't think of any like one key. Um, I remember Jared Hemsworth saying when when I was doing my MA, he's sort of a. I only had like one or two tutors with him like, towards the end of, and he was really you know he didn't say an awful lot, but what he did was very to the point and considered. And he said at one point, he said, I can tell you today, from what you're doing here, I can tell you how to get a really good career for a few years. You know, I think this is sort of coming out at the end of the Goldsmith artists who were sort of, you know, they had a, a, a gimmick or something. Mm -hmm. I think he was saying, but that's not really going to do you any good. And I didn't want to say to him, so can you tell me the other way? <laughs> tell me the other ways to have a longer. Yeah. But I think it was, it was almost like a kind of a shrouded warning in a way that, you know, it's very easy to do, not very easy, it's possible to do something, but you might get a bit of attention for a bit, but sort of saying it's possibly not the way you should be looking at this. You left it hanging there, didn't they? Yeah, but he was good, you know. And Suhail Malik was also, he was the sort of head of theory at the time, and the, the conversations with him about work were, you know, brilliantly, again, never directly addressing exactly what you should and shouldn't do, but the way he went about, his frame of reference was really interesting, and he had a, just a way about him that made you think what you were doing was actually worthwhile somehow. Mm. And I think just that sense of assurance that he gave me yeah. um, carried on. You know, I, I haven't spoken to him in like 15 years, but he was um, he was brilliant. He was really good. I was terrified of him at first, but he was so good, you know, what he gave me. Mm. So cheers to him. Good answer again. Um, and I guess the last thing for you guys, is there anything you'd like to let anyone know about? Obviously there's this show. Um, which you can give the details of if you want. The title, the date, when, when's it on till? So it's the lie by? From July 29th to August 29th. 29th. Ray's birthday. Yeah. Um, and forthcoming projects, um, nothing we need to promote at the minute, but. Um, we're keeping on. Keep on, yeah. Keep on what we're doing, and please get involved. <laughs> Whatever the hell that means. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Thank well, you. That was brilliant. Thank Cheers. you so much for giving me my time. Thanks for 
I'm asking us to be part of it, it's great. Very yeah. welcome. Thank you. Cheers, guys. See you tomorrow. Yes. <laughs>